Welcome to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you're interested in staying healthy, becoming fitter or stronger, getting rid of pain, or enhancing your athletic performance, this is the place for you. We're excited to be part of your journey to better health. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sports Performance Podcast. Uh, welcome all new listeners and welcome back to those who have heard our content in the past. If you want to enjoy better sleep and better health and you want to know how do I maximize my sleep and to recover and feel better uh, every day, this podcast episode is going to be perfect for you. Uh, before I go into the podcast, what is new at Sports Performance? Uh, what is happening, whether you're in our uh, internal San Diego community or uh, you're out of state or maybe you've been with us in the past and you've moved uh, on to another state uh, and you're living uh, elsewhere, or maybe you just follow us uh, either on Instagram or listen to our podcast around the world, wherever you are. I, one, I hope that you are healthy and you're uh, enjoying life and with better health and fitness. And today I really wanted to uh, really discuss sleep and what is, uh, it, we, we go on uh, basically the trends that we're seeing with a lot of our clients and um, what's happening uh, with sports performance is we are growing. Uh, we are really excited to be growing. Uh, if you guys don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere else, uh, we will be uh, adding team members, which is really exciting. Um, and so we recently added uh, someone uh, with a client experience and that is Jordan. So welcome Jordan to the family. And and uh, we have a couple more people um, we're hoping to add in by the end of the year, uh, if not in the next month. So um, we're excited for that. Uh, but anyways, on to the podcast. What is What are we talking about? Better sleep, better health. Now, uh, fun fact, August is a very, very uh, difficult challenge um, for people to sleep uh, consistently. And um, why is that? One of them is that it's a very hot month. And people have more difficulty sleeping in the hotter months. And that's because maybe you don't have AC or maybe you do and you still feel like, uh, you know, it, it's it's extremely warm underneath the blankets or whatever it is. So um, that's one of the things that we're seeing more and more is that um, in the hotter months, it is difficult to get the sleep that you want, that you need. And so it goes to one of the points that we're going to talk about. And so why are we talking about sleep? What is so important about it? Well, Think about this. If you're listening to our podcast, you're probably uh, obsessed. You're, you're you're probably really into fitness. You're really into health, or you really like want to make a change in your life. Maybe you want to. Maybe you haven't been in the condition that you want, or the the shape, or the fitness, whatever it is. Maybe you want to make a lifestyle change, or maybe you're like performing very very high and you want to stay there, uh, or you're in the middle and you want to just make sure that you don't you know move uh, too far left, too far right. So wherever you are in that spectrum. We completely get it. But no matter what, whether you're in the top 1% or the bottom 1%, you have to understand that exercise is trauma to the body. The body has no idea that it's a productive thing. It just knows that we have new trauma happening to us. Just imagine all our body parts don't know any better. or They can't tell a difference between uh, standing for a prolonged period of time or running. All we know is that there's a lot of impact or a lot of pressure being applied to certain joints. And so because of that, uh, our body now is uh, having added stress across an hour of dedicated time, whether you're a runner or you're a hiker or you're a bodybuilder or whatever it is that you do, that one hour or half hour, whatever it is, you have added stress. So 
the interesting part is think about your day. Uh, maybe you don't eat all the, the calories um, that you're into. Uh, uh, and so one of the things that you notice is that if you have maybe less calories or less um, hydration, so maybe you're not drinking the most amount of water and you're not uh, eating as much, your body is in stress, uh, in stress mode. It's not getting the calorie it needs. It is not getting the water it needs. And you're going to go and exercise because I, I, we've done this all, all of us have done it, that we go on exercise, even though we had a bad day or um, we didn't get all the nutrients that we needed just because you want to stay consistent with a workout and you want to stay fit. And think about this. If you're calorie uh, deprived and you're, um, you know, you are uh, uh, sleep deprived and you are exercising, all of those things are um, detrimental. They're stress to the body. And if you want to recover and get that stress to be relieved and actually make you know, productive gains uh, in your recovery process, you'd be ready for tomorrow to be able to do the same thing, maybe even harder or better. The only time that you make that up is in the recovery mode, which is what we call sleep. And so if you are in high stress, you exercise a lot, and maybe you work a stressful job, uh, and maybe you don't eat enough, but you exercise a lot, do you see that you have this counterbalance of a lot of stress being added, but not a lot of repair processes going on? And sleep is that time where we all kind of rebalance or refocus across the, the day or the week. So sleep is so important for many, many reasons. And uh, we're going to talk about four things um, that are really critical to help you sleep better. But underlying everything, I think you have to understand why it's so important, no matter what. So um, if you don't know, uh, we, we have a, a what we call a cut week at Sports Performance. So we have a calorie deficit, a sodium deficit, and a... Um, so a calorie, oh, sorry, a calorie deficit, a carbohydrate deficit, and a sodium deficit that we do. It started off with just the team members doing it, and we've added more and more, um, you know, uh, SP family members uh, doing this. And um, when we do this, it's critical. I'm, I'm currently doing this right now. We're doing about 10 days of it. And while we do this, we have a shortage of food coming in, which means that we have to definitely sleep more if that's the case, because that's the only time our body's going to think that, wait a minute, we're in flight or fight, fight or flight mode. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to um, have to store extra fat. I don't want to have to do all these other things. It needs to recover at night. And so uh, that's just one instance. So we're going to go through a couple things, but just know sleep is so critical to your everyday life and your everyday happiness and, and the way you feel across the day. And um, one of my current challenges is to um, push my dial of sleep dial to the right a little bit, meaning I'm trying to get a little bit more than eight hours, which is crazy. Um, I looked at my analytics on my Apple Watch, and I'm already uh, 30 to 40 minutes more than I was doing last year, which is great. So now I'm averaging longer. And my goal then is to slightly tweak it to get slightly uh, above uh, eight hours. So wherever you are, just know everybody's threshold is going to be so different. Uh, but let's go on to the topics. Let's see, what are the four things that we can do? Now, this has been a, an interesting one that we see more and more in that, especially with our modern technology, turning off screens and dimming lights. Um, if you think about this, before technology, before computers, before phones, the the only way that we got like the, the brain to stimulate with light was when the sun was out. And now we have um, phones and screens and bright light is what stimulates that brain. So if you think about 
going to sleep at night and looking at uh, a screen, you're actually increasing the brain stimulation when in reality, we're trying to like, we're trying to ease everything there. Um, and we don't want to um, re-stimulate everything that we're working on. So one of the good things uh, that we've implemented our, in our own household is that we um, we don't allow our kids currently to um, have a screen time once they enter the bedroom. So um, what that allows us to do is um, just have discussions, talk, read, whatever it is. But ultimately, there's a wind down time where there is no screens, no brain stimulation. And what that allows us to do, and that takes about 30 minutes right before bedtime for that to um, all settle in. So um, that's one thing. But then also maybe using uh, an eye mask uh, is something that you can also do, but basically reducing the stimulation to the eyes. And so ultimately you're trying to... Um, decrease that stimulation. Why? Because you want to be able to get to REM sleep, R-E-M. And that's kind of our deep sleep. So if you use a screen, the longer time it's going to take you to go to sleep. So there's a difference between time in bed and time asleep. So if we assume that time in bed is longer because it's going to take you 30 minutes to wind down, and maybe when you wake up, maybe you wake up just slightly before your alarm. And so ultimately, we're trying to maximize the time that you're in bed to be the quality time that you're actually asleep. So what we can do there is that you try and maximize your REM sleep. And that's when you are in your deep sleep. So the longer your deep sleep is when your hormones and everything is being maximized. That's when everything's being produced. That is when you're getting the most sleep, not time in bed, time asleep in REM sleep, deep sleep. Okay. Uh, number two, the winter is coming uh, and for your sleep efficiency. And what I mean by that is... Um, uh, what was interesting studies have shown is that um, you, so if you have sleep deprivation, it's also um, can lead to other things such as high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, and more. And so that's interesting because certain forms of insomnia can occur with body temperature regulation. So um, what they found is um, if you're having tr falling, trouble falling asleep at night, a colder room I know it sounds really counterintuitive. A colder room could help your body cool down to like a level of like deeper restorative sleep. So colder air can help the body uh, produce melatonin. Um, and that essentially is a is a um, neurotransmission in your brain that helps like regulate sleep and gives you that, you know, regulative um, restorative sleep. And so even if you don't enjoy um, a cold room, know that it could also help you fall asleep. Now think about this. If it's really hot at night, I think the opposite. If it's really hot at night, it's going to be tough to fall asleep because you're just tossing and turning. You're so uncomfortable. Now, if you're shivering at night, we don't want that either. And there's going to be different data on um, how cold to do. And I'll let you kind of look through different um, reviews and, and uh, Google websites. But essentially what we're saying is, um, you definitely don't want to be too hot and you don't want to be frigid cold, but colder temperatures might help you sleep better. And I know it sounds really counterintuitive, but I'm not talking about freezing either. Um, but just know that if you set that temperature just a little colder, um, that's typically when people have an easier time going to sleep. So that's why the winter comes. When the winter comes, we typically have longer, um, longer sleep. So think winter and hibernation uh, with bears. Okay. Uh, number three, breathing techniques for the para parasympathetic state. 
So um, here's what we want to do. Um, if you can take uh, your breath to help calm you down, um, there's something really easy called the four, seven, eight uh, breathing technique. And what you're going to do is you're going to um, inhale through your nose for a super slow four seconds. Inhale for four. Then you're going to hold your breath at the top for seven seconds. After that seven seconds, you're going to exhale as softly as possible for eight seconds. And then you're going to repeat that and do it all over again. And it's almost like counting sheep, but you're basically getting your body to uh, become calmer and give your brain something to um, focus on uh, besides the, you know, the iPad or the phone that you were just thinking about. And it just really takes about a minute or two to really feel calm down. And so ultimately what you're trying to do is get your parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system um, to engage and get you into a deep, relaxed sleep. So think about this. If we were on turning on our screens and not dimming the lights, that increases our like brain stimulation, which is our sympathetic nervous system that gets us charged. Um, if you are in hot weather, that gets you tossing and turning. And then if you are not uh, using techniques to kind of calm you down. Think about that. That's a lot of people's method of going to sleep. They're on their phones. Um, you know, they're in hot weather. They don't want to turn on their AC. They, they don't have a fan on. Um, and there's no really way for them to calm themselves down. Well, no wonder why they can't get sleep. Yes, they have a long time in bed, but time in REM or deep sleep is going to be very small. So for that reason, they don't feel, they don't wake up rested. And all right, so number four, um, alcohol can make you drowsy, but it actually can be detrimental to your sleep. So, um, you know, I think if if you've ever had um, uh, a drink, of, uh, a wine, a glass of wine or something, you felt kind of drowsy, you're tired, it gets you fatigued. Um, and the, the thing is, is that even though that alcohol is a central nervous system, the thing that is, controls all our wiring is a depressant, it causes the brain activity to actually slow down. So it has like the sedative effects of like calming you down um, that can induce feelings of relaxation and sleepiness. But alcohol in excess has been linked to poor quality sleep and duration. Um, and so some people with alcohol use disorders also experience insomnia symptoms, which is crazy, similar to like sleep apnea. And so you don't want to use um, or, or drink a lot of alcohol before bedtime. And in our body, it's it, if you think about this, our body will our body has to process alcohol. It's not like straight water. It's a it's it's a product. It's something going through, and now our liver and body has to try and um, filter that. So it's almost like eating before dinner or eating before you go to sleep. Now all our blood and our body processes are aimed at our stomach to now start to digest those things versus letting it calm down and relax. So when you give the body something to focus on, it's gonna do that to now um, try and regulate and process that alcohol versus relaxation and getting you to sleep. So now it's got one more step. So think about this. If you're on your phone right before bedtime, you don't have a breathing technique, you're in hot weather and you just had drinks right before you go to bed, that is a really bad situation for you to be able to rest and recover. Now, whether it happens on the weekends or you know during certain parties or events, great, good for you. But what we're talking about is on a weekly like good regimen where you can now on a um, monthly, weekly basis, get good sleep so that you can continue to exercise, 
be happy during the day, be less stressed, and it more in a Zen uh, mode. And so what we're talking about here is the long-term benefits of these things. You're always going to have small things. You're going to stay in uh, hotels or whatever it is where they don't have the AC and maybe you have drinks at night and and maybe you have the iPad or or you're with your your partner or whatever it is and you're talking about whatever's on TikTok or Instagram. I get that. But again, for the long-term, how do you maximize long-term outcomes and benefits? These are the things we're talking about. Okay, so I told you I was gonna give you four things, but I'm gonna give you the fifth one. And this one's, um, this one's uh, I think we can all, um, I think we can all agree that this is so important. Uh, forget about your worries and your strife. Managing stress truly is, uh, it's it's never achieved. It, it's a it's a journey, <laughs> and you know going to bed angry is never advised, right? You never you never want to go to bed um, stressed or angry. And so, um, one thing that you can easily do instead of compartmentalizing that in your head, one of the things you can do is kind of jot that down in a journal or um, ideally in a in a written form because uh, we don't want more screen time. So write that down in your journal, and uh, it'll be there tomorrow. Like worst case scenario if you need it it'll be there versus like having it in the back of your brain and you you go to sleep with it you better believe it's at the top of your brain right before you wake up as well so one of the things you can do is physically writing it down will actually help reduce the stress make you be able to f- sleep better because you know it's there and now you can actually um, uh, forget about it for the night another thing that you can do and I'm a big fan of this I love um, Epsom salt baths um, this is a way to like relax and um, you know allow your body to just literally soak up and uh, get the tissues to relax. It gets you more Zen. So as if you were to put a um, a perfect equation. Chris, what does a, a nighttime routine look like? I think easily cutting your phone off right before 30 minutes before bed. Um, I think doing a quick breathing technique to help you relax. Uh, turn down the uh, AC just a touch. Uh, uh, reduce alcohol, uh, probably at least two hours before bed in an ideal world. Uh, and then jot all your, your bad things or stressful things down and forget about them. Uh, take a Epsom salt bath uh, right before you go to sleep. Um, and then of course, I'm a big fan of this. Um, both massage and acupuncture are great methods to just decompress and get your nervous system to relax and enjoy a really good night. So, um, there are times where, um, you know, I, we call it tax season at sports performance where we're really busy some quarters and we understand that. And so during that time, you want to plan ahead. And if you know you have your internal tax season, maybe your kids are in school, maybe you have a hard time at work, or maybe you know have you have periods of time at work that you're busy, you want to plan ahead and schedule massages, schedule acupuncture sessions, get PT, whatever it is that you need to plan ahead. So that way you're not reactive, you're proactive. And that to me, I think is really what it comes down to to really maximize your sleep and recovery. And if you've heard our podcast on um, when I lost uh, 50 pounds, I think over a course of a year, one of the biggest things that I noticed to uh, really get that last um, 10, 20 pounds off was to get better sleep. And when my body saw that it was not in shock, that it was normal for me, or it was a slow process to lose 40, 50 pounds, it realized, okay, we're not in fight or flight. You're doing this intentionally. You're sleeping, you're recovering, you're reducing your calories, you're exercising, but you're getting sleep. And that's when I lost the most amount of weight is when I finally got more sleep. Why? Because my body understood that I was recuperating at the end of the night because I was adding stress through exercise. I wasn't 
in eating as many calories. So my body had to restore and get prepped at the end of the night and get ready for the next day. So sleep is very, very critical. Um, we titled this Better Sleep, Better Health, and that's truly what it is. It's not just to recover. It's just better health to put yourself in a, in a good position, whether you're a parent or you're uh, 25 uh, and doing CrossFit, F45, uh, Orange Theory, you're a runner, you're a hiker, you're a cyclist, whatever that you do, this is for everyone. I don't care if you're 70, 45, 16, or 22. This is all very applicable, and there's things that I do and we recommend at sports performance. So um, wherever you are uh, on the planet and uh, you're exercising, wherever you are on that journey, uh, I hope this really helps. If you ever have any questions, send us an email, teamsp at sportsperformancept.com. We like love you guys. We really appreciate your feedback. And this is really for you. Maximize your health and stop stop doing things that will be detrimental. Just slowly chip away. And if you're like, Chris, where do I start? Where do I go? Just do small things little by little by little. Don't worry. It's not all going to happen on the same time at the same day within a month. Uh, it took me 50, a whole year to lose 50 pounds. So I'm telling you, it can happen. It just takes a little time and more than anything else, consi consistent effort. So I hope that helps. Uh, we will see you on the next episode and uh, continue to stay healthy and get your sleep. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you enjoy our content, help us help others by giving us a five-star review. This gives us an opportunity to provide people just like you with great information to stay healthy. If you have any questions, email us at teamsp at sportsperformancept.com. If you want more, head over to our website and sign up for our VIP email list to stay in touch with the latest and greatest. And while you're there, download one of our free reports on back pain, knee pain, ankle pain, or running efficiency. It doesn't matter if you're new to exercise, an experienced personal trainer or coach, healthcare professional or professional athlete. This information is literally for anyone interested in fitness and health. We're excited to keep you healthy and active. We'll see you on our next episode.